0: Professional wrestling is fake. Not my words, the words of many detractors of the sport looking to win an argument with an ardent fan. This is, in fact, incorrect. If it was fake, then then surely that would mean wrestlers wouldn't compete at all. Mankind being thrown off the top of hell in a cell? That's not fake. That very much happened. Something as basic as, I don't know, Braun Strowman throwing Seth Rollins across the ring. That, that's not fake either. There was some voluntary assistance, but it happened. There's no puppetry. There was no CGI. Definitely happened. So the word fake is a bit of an anomaly here, which makes the argumentative statement, wrestling is fake, a little bit moot. If you were to say wrestling is fixed, or wrestling has predetermined outcomes, then, yeah... You'd be correct. I'm hoping that in this medium, I'm I'm not bursting any bubbles today. And I hope you appreciate that I'm not being offensive to the art either. Obviously, if I discover that Hulk Hogan defeating the Iron Sheik wasn't a planned outcome, and it was merely Hulkamania legitimately running wild, I promise I'll be the first to tell you. Professional wrestling is fixed. The outcomes are determined ahead of time for dramatic artistic effect. If you've been listening to Wrestling Curiosities since the start, you will know that this hasn't always been the case. Legitimate wrestling matches, some rather indecisive and quite dull, were what sports entertainment was built on. It was only when the sport became legitimised that that changed, ironically enough. However, there is one recorded case of a wrestling match being predetermined that dates all the way back to the times of ancient Greece and caused a scandal that almost tarnished an entire family. The epicentre of the fixed wrestling controversy is the city of Antonopolis, founded on the east bank of the River Nile. Antonopolis was built deliberately close to where Antonus drowned. Who was Antonus? Well, he was one of the Emperor Hadrian's favourites. Many report that he was actually Hadrian's lover. Introduced to Hadrian around 123 AD, the emperor adored Antinus and together they toured the empire. Antonus lived a life of luxury with Hadrian, but it was a life cut short. It was on a tour of Egypt in 130 AD where Antonus fell into the River Nile and drowned. Now we don't know if this was misadventure or something more sinister, but what we do know is it devastated Hadrian. He deified Antonus, giving him godlike status, and founded Antonopolis in his memory. As well as a city and the status of a god, Antonus is commemorated with the Megala Antonia, the sacred games of Antonus. It was commonplace in ancient Greece to hold sporting events in memoriam of noteworthy folk. We talked about this a bit in episode eight of Wrestling Curiosities, namely the wrestling contest between Odysseus and Ajax that was held at the Patroclus Games. Spoiler, it went to a no contest and Odysseus got given Patroclus' magic-infused armour at the end. Go check out that episode if you haven't done already. It's quite a tale. The first ever Megala Antonia was held in 131 AD, a year after the death of of Antonius. The city was still under construction when the games went underway, so there were all kinds of issues. Bad crowd control, the venues weren't ready, accommodation was lacking, the Wi-Fi was pretty ropey, all of that. The second one, held four years later, was much better and drew audiences of commoners and dignitaries from far and wide. It was a city-wide festival of achievement. Not only were there great sporting contests taking place, but there was competition in the arts too, as music, literature and theatrical events also took place. So if you didn't feel like watching the chariot race in the Antonopolis Hippodrome, you could just go to the plinth down the road to watch Greeks' brightest thrash it out in a poetry smackdown for the ages. Across the games each year, the judges would crown an overall winner across all contests, who would be crowned Divine Efeb Antonus, essentially meaning the Divine Reborn Young Antonus. Now, this wasn't just a fancy title. Oh, no, no. This meant much, much more. Unlike other memorial games where the prizes would be items from the collection of the deceased, the prize this time was a promised life of luxury. The overall winner across the games would become a citizen of Antonopolis and would live in the city, all expenses paid for the rest of their lives. The same treatment Antonus received from the Emperor Hadrian would be granted to the winner, A life wanting for nothing. So whilst each individual sporting event reaped its own financial rewards, if you were to win the overall prize across the Games, you wouldn't need that money anyway. Sadly, not much information about the winners of the Sacred Games remains. However, one striking bit of information was uncovered pertaining to a controversial wrestling bout that took place at the 138th Games in 267 A.D. Information from an ancient papyrus tells us. What's a papyrus? Us, um, It's it's sort of like a thick paper they used to use in Greek times. What do you just say, thick paper? Why are you showing off with big? Ah! Information from an ancient papyrus tells us about two contestants at that year's games and a controversial transaction that changed the game forever. The wrestling contest was between Aurelius Nicantinus and Aurelius Demetrius, both golden boys of the region. Nick and Dem were ephibes, both around 19 years old and training for Greek military service. In fact, pretty much all the competitors in the Sacred Games were Ephebes. It was a way of training for future combat. And to visitors of the city, it was showcasing the strength and skill of the next generation of soldiers. So if anybody came to the games with plans of, I don't know, invading the city, they'd get one look at the raw talent in that city's army and immediately be put off the idea. Nicantinus and Demetrius were rivals in real life. Both wanted to stand out in their military training and be the best. Both wanted to succeed over the other, and both wanted to catch the eye of the superiors. Both men had made it to the finals of the wrestling contests at the Games and would be keen to prove absolute dominance in their feud. However, this doesn't seem to be what happened this day. The father of Nicantinus made a financial offer to Demetrius' training team to throw the fight. Now, Team Demetrius clearly agreed because a contract was subsequently drawn up between both parties. We have an extract of that very contract on this ancient papyrus, discovered by an exhibition team and translated by King's College London professor Dominic Rathbone. Demetrius has agreed with my son when competing in the competition to fall three times and yield, receiving through you 3,800 drachmas of silver free of risk. If Demetrius himself contravenes any of the written terms, you are of necessity to pay as penalty to my son on account of wrongdoing three talents of silver of old coinage without any delay or inventive argument. So this basically meant Demetrius was gonna lie down for Nicantinus. And if he didn't, there would be financial hell to pay. Two copies of this were written up, one for each party, and were considered binding between both. So what happened that day? When the final match got underway, the crowd hanging in the balance, two young hungry rivals stared across from one another. Did everything go according to plan? We don't actually know. Sadly, the results of that year's Sacred Games are lost in time. But there's bigger questions that remain, such as why? What sparked this match-fixing controversy? Obviously, money talks. It does as much now as it did then. Touring athletes around the ancient Greek times, those who made a career out of attending memorial games like this, made good money to do so. But as with wrestling in 2019, these guys were independent contractors. If they didn't wrestle, they probably didn't get anything. In some cases, their home city would look after athletes in the autumn years of their life. There were pension schemes set up for athletes that represented cities, but there'd been a long-running dispute about professional athletes collecting their pensions, and there was concern that the athletes wouldn't see any of that money for many, many years. You see, the retirement age of a professional athlete historically has always been low, and a lot of cities complained that they shouldn't be paying out wrestlers in their late 40s and early 30s pension pots that are saved for much later in life with concerns like this in the air a tournament like the one at the Megala Antonia was a welcome cash boost you see whilst the overall winner would get the aforementioned prize of a life of luxury even if you didn't win the ultimate prize there was big prize money for whatever tournament you competed in and won however if you didn't win you got nothing There was no consolation prize literally the winner got the big cash prize second place and below you got nothing you merely became a footnote in history and you can't buy a sandwich with a footnote if all parties stuck to their contractual obligation nicantinus would win the big money but demetrius would be financially compensated too and that must have very well played on the mind of demetrius and his team perhaps nicantinus who had proven himself throughout the games, had some doubts about his skill in comparison to his rival. Maybe deep down, it was Nicantinus' father, the one who brokered this deal, who had similar concerns of his son's skill, especially after a gruelling tournament. Also, is this thing even legally binding anyway? Like, if Demetrius tore the thing up and dropped Nicantinus with a package pile driver, would the Greek equivalent of the Athletic Commission have anything to say on the matter? you a yeah, right the table. Wow. one thing we do know is that this transaction very much changed the way we think about wrestling a sport that was built on who was the strongest was suddenly very open to interpretation shall we say now maybe the winner of a wrestling match could be whoever was chosen to win yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe instead of wrestlers being, being, being in a battle to find out who the top dog truly is, somebody could maybe promote certain fights and predetermine the outcomes to manufacture intrigue, maybe build tension, maybe suspension. Maybe these outcomes in these wrestling matches could be predetermined for dramatic or artistic effect. Turn wrestling into some sort of sports entertainment. Maybe it could. Can't see it happening, though, but it could.